Welcome to Ye Can Do, a podcast about possibility. My name is Bernie Kyo, and together with my co-host Paula Thomas, we are on a mission every week to power new possibilities in our own lives and yours. Once a month, we'll be discussing our highs, lows, and learnings from our book review and guest interviews. So if you'd like to learn how to Ye Can Do your life, join us every month for our monthly review and of course, every other week for book reviews, our latest interviews and inspiration. Hello and welcome to episode nine of Ye Can Do. It's our second time to reflect back on a month of our highs, our lows and our learnings. Quite simply, it's a way of sharing the highlights of our book club discussion and of course, our solo shows with each other and with you guys listening. Today, we're going to start by sharing our learnings across all three shows. Then we'll discuss any lows and finally finish with our highs. So Bernie, can you kick us off by sharing with me your first key learning from Ye Can Do this month? Thanks, Paula. And hello, everybody. Yes, I I think I learned a lot about trauma, Paula, and how it impacts us in the present if it hasn't been processed healthily. And also the notion that today trauma has a a much broader kind of expanded definition. It's not just about war, violence, loss, but we can be deeply impacted by common life occurrences and challenges in our everyday lives. And that something can be experienced by me as 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 traumatic um, that might not be traumatic for, for someone else and so I thought that was really really interesting and you know one of the key learnings as well was that trauma you know that it's actually not about the incident itself mm. it's about how our um our body responds to it and I you know, the reason that I was interested in this topic was that, as I've said in, in, in the, the, the podcast with Jer Murphy, that mm. I've just noticed in myself and in lots of other people, you know, in a personal context, but also in a business context, um, minimize quite challenging situations and trying to relativize it you know, I know I shouldn't complain because that's happening in Ukraine. You know, a lot of people are far worse off than I am. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as a, I suppose, objective third party in that conversation, you know, I'm going bloody hell, you know, you've just lost a 20 year relationship or, you know, you've just found out that you're being let go from your job or, you know, you've just been diagnosed with cancer and you can see, you know, that, that there's this rush to relativize it, you know, and to, to minimize it. And um, yeah. And, you know, and the issue as Jer explains is that, you know, what doesn't kind of get acknowledged or process can haunt us. You know, the incident may be in the past, yeah. but it can haunt us in the in the present. Yeah. And I know, Paula, that you were asking and wondering, well, what's all this deep topic got to do with the A can do and, and creating mm. possibilities? Yeah. And and I, I I think the reason, you know, that 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 it, it, it kind of 
links is that, you know, as Jer explained, it means that we can be living with ghosts and shadows and forces in us that we don't understand and living with fears, you know, even anxiety and depression. Um, and that that can really limit our possibilities in the present. Yeah. Um, it can interfere with our relationships. Mm. It can lead to low self-esteem. We can limit taking risks. Um, we can try to live a very safe life. You know, it depends mm. on the trauma, the extent of it, you know, how how, how deep it went, how bad it mm. was. Um, but, you know, it's it's all kind of speaking to 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 my passion, which is um, becoming more emotionally literate, you know, understanding ourselves emotionally yeah. and how our emotions affect our thoughts, not just how our thoughts affect our emotions. Yeah. And doing that kind of inner becoming self-aware um, so that we can remove any barriers to, to possibilities and, mm. you know, that we can live a life of possibility and, and abundance, you know. Yeah. So that's that's, you know, one of the key key learnings for me. Mm. What about you, Paula? Yeah. And, you know, after listening to your interview with Jer Bernie, I, first of all, immediately learned that expanded definition because I think I'm such a, you know, coper and minimizer to use, you know, exactly the example you were talking about there. I don't think I value coping or recognize, you know, when I've been through something that my body has found traumatic and I'm probably in denial, you know. So so I do think that that expanded definition of trauma, you know, because I would have associated and probably do from a, let's say, grammatical point of view, to me, trauma is something that affects people that have gone to war or something very, you know, serious, lost a partner or, you know, a, a health diagnosis. But he's absolutely right. There's trauma in everyday life. Um, and sometimes it might make sense to anybody what I find or found traumatic. Um, so that was a big learning. And, and I suppose the impact that had immediately, like yesterday. So I listened to your interview, let's say two days ago. And then yesterday I was feeling anxious about something. And I just used his methodology to go, oh, what's, what's this triggered from? This feels like disproportionate to, you know, this random situation, which shouldn't be stressful or feeling traumatic. It must connect to something, you know, that happened before. And it was just a wonderful reflection. I didn't find the answer, if I'm honest. <laughs> but what I learned was there's a reason for that anxiety and it's OK. And just to take that moment to go, there's something being triggered here. Notice it. And I loved he talked about curiosity and compassion. And that even reminded me back to Steve Neal, who had similar values, you know, so I find we're learning loads. So wonderful to have those conversations about trauma that I never knew I needed. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure people are saying or some people are thinking, um, oh, bloody hell, do I want to go around looking for traumas <laughs> that I'm not even aware of? Yeah. No, not particularly. It's yeah. just when you find yourself having a particularly visceral reaction for no good reason, either to yeah. someone or in a situation, or you're feeling that anxiety, et cetera, yeah. is to, as you said, to be curious about it, to give it some space, you know? Yeah. And all of this is in service of processing it healthily, which means releasing it. Yeah, possibilities. Not at all advocating for, you know, going around going, oh, poor me, I've had so many traumas in my life. No, yeah. it's if you feel that 
there's something, you know, that you don't understand to give it space, look at it, you know, in service of, as I said, processing yes. healthily yeah. and letting it go. This is releasing work, you know, so that it's not bloody haunting you or impacting on, on, on your present. And yeah, you know, because there's, I mean, right back to childhood, to school, you know, um, you know, yeah. I, I mean, Paula, if you think about, it, you know, Ireland, when we were in school, you know, you'd probably get a hit of the ruler if you didn't yeah. answer a question correctly, yeah. you know, yeah. so, you know, so, violence in you school, know, people Lord. traumatized from their leaving, leaving exams, you know, finishing school and, and, and yeah. all of that. So, you know, yeah. anyway, it, it can do that. But a second learning for me, I suppose, was and this relates back to the book, you know, the power of the subconscious mind. Yeah. And um, just what rich soil, you know, our mind is and our subconscious is and yeah. to be careful what we plant in it. So, you know, I'm really coming to believe through exercising them in my life about the power of positive affirmation. And so on the one hand, we're doing the work to clear all the rubbish that's going on, all the trauma, all the whatever. And on the other hand, you know, I'm using these, you know, positive affirmations and prayers, to be honest, as I said, even though I'm yeah. agnostic, I'm always at pains to point that out. I don't know why. But anyway, <laughs> um, they're like poems. And to plant kind of loving seeds in our, our mind yeah. and overwrite the very powerful um, habit of negative self-talk. You know, I'm yeah. not good enough. I can't do this. You know, um, yeah. doubt, yeah. doubt, doubt. And and I love, you know, uh, you know, I love that one from Susan Jeffries where I am. I am. God, I can't even remember it. I'm loving. Yes. I am loved. I yeah. Well, you know that one, Paula. Yes. Yeah. But for me, there's 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 an even simpler one that I absolutely adore because it just sets everything right. Yeah. And that is I am enough. I have enough. I do enough. You know, Beautiful. and that's, I suppose, for me, almost the essence of what yay can do is trying to yeah. trying to convey when it says, you know, embrace your humanity, you know. Yeah. And um, the other notion that I loved um, was the treasure house within, mm. you know, that inside of us, we have this inner resource of wisdom, kind of peace and love. And, and you know, and his point that we are so intensely involved with the external world. And let's face it, there's lots out there to distract us and call us out of ourselves, you know, mm. and we're searching externally you know, for, for things, for, for happiness, for experiences, for validation, for recognition, you know, and, and, but we can, in doing so, you know, we can lose touch with ourselves, who I am and what's important to me. Yeah. So I love that, you know, what Mm. he's saying about, I'm trying to fill myself from the outside in. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is what, you know, um, yeah. Michael Neal, your guest get, was talking about. Yeah. And in fact, that what I already need is already inside, but totally. I'm looking for it on the outside, you know? So yeah. for me, that that speaks to connecting with our with ourself and kind mm. of making that journey home to me. Mm. What do you think, Paula? Are- yeah, I mean, you've, you've explained it brilliantly, Bernie. So for anyone who didn't listen, the book we did this month was The Power of Your Subconscious Mind by Joseph Murphy, uh, a lifelong favorite for me. So definitely for me, you know, it was all about remembering about the importance of stillness. So as you said, kind of back to the, the kind of inner peace um, and that just well of opportunity, the treasure house is, is the term I think he used. And you're right. You know, I often find with this whole industry, it is reassuring how much similarity there is despite the different personalities and different styles, different coaching. But you're right. Michael Neal talks about the inside out revolution. 
and the difference of living, you know, from a place of, you know, self and centeredness and fearless living. So that was a, I suppose, a real learning again, Bernie, because we've talked so much about fear and I'm sure we'll continue to do so. But it was a learning for me that somebody's actually saying it's possible you know, and I don't know anyone who's achieved this. He, he definitely is somebody who embodies it more than most, but a sense of living fearlessly, you know, full of authenticity, purpose, integrity, and not being, you know, living in our thinking. So I always have to remind myself when I do have the anxiety and my mind is in overdrive, that actually it is my mind and that there's something beyond that. So definitely lots of learning from Michael Neal and Joseph Murphy. So, yeah, I think we've learned loads this month from from all of our guests. Huh? I love when they talk about the higher consciousness, you know, and uh, yeah. and, and and as you said, it's this marriage of um, lots of different kind of um, Eastern philosophies and and. Uh, spiritual um, uh, theologies and 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 the best of called almost like Western psychology, you know, in terms of the mm. the subconscious and and in 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 um, in my masters in psychotherapy for the last couple of weekends, we have been covering um, a a a strand of psychotherapy called psychosynthesis which is a method of, of kind of psychotherapy and self-development that teaches you know, us how we can become healthy, well-functioning people. Mm. Um, and it's, it's fascinating. And you know, with the view of living in harmony with ourselves and, and, and in the world. And it was, it was established by um, an Italian physician and psychiatrist, Roberto, I'm going to massacre this, <laughs> and he, he, he was around in the, in the, in the 19th century, like, and, um, the the so you know it's a mixture of psychoanalysis humanistic psychology and, and transpersonal psychology which is and and I just the reason I'm mentioning it is um not to show off my recently acquired knowledge <laughs> very impressive <laughs> uh, but we're all loving it because it's very soulful and spiritual and you know and has this mix of philosophy which I love and 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 uh, psychology and and and, and spirituality and, you know, but one of the core principles in, in psychosynthesis um, is um, the notion of, you know, inside of us, um, there is a self and it's the, the self that observes what's going on for yes. us, you know? Yes. And um, so, and I love that because I think when we go inside and pause and, and, and are still, we can connect with that self and that self is independent of everything else that might be going on for us, the roles we might be playing in a current um, yeah, social yeah. situation right now. You know, here I'm a podcaster. Yeah. Um, the the emotions that I might be feeling and the thoughts that I might be thinking. So that self, when we access it, can observe what's going on for us. Okay. Yeah. And the beauty of that is that it creates a gap. Yeah. That pause, that distance, you know, yeah. and it allows us in a small way to disidentify with everything else that's going on. So yeah. we might necessarily want to do that if we're in a particularly joyful moment or mm. you know, experiencing yeah. bliss. But in moments where we're challenged or experiencing, you know, um, anger, um, fear, sadness, whatever, the ability to kind of step back from that and go, you know, I am angry, 
but I am not my anger, you know, is really, really helpful. And I've really been practicing that uh, Mm. through the therapeutic work that I've uh, been doing, you know, as as part of my my uh, my master's. um, uh, So in my own therapy sessions, not the ones that I'm giving, the ones that I'm I'm, that I am the client. And my, my therapist has been wonderful in that in helping me kind of embody uh myself and 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 get connect with my body connect with that self and that love and it's called in psychosynthesis and um, some quarters the loving observer Ooh. so it's accessing the part of us that is the loving observer mm. and i i love that you know yeah it's it's almost this place of refuge that you can go to yeah and it has been unbelievably helpful for me you know yeah um, and and that's why i kind of wanted to share it you know yeah and and another core principle is that of the will the idea that everybody has the will to be self, you know, mm. uh, this authentic urge within the human being um, to choose my real identity, you know, a living force that demands to express itself. And, and this understanding that our identity is some, our true identity, who we truly are, is something that we we can choose, you know. Mm. Um, and, and I love that. And uh, because I believe it, to be honest, mm. and also in a way it's it's the only explanation or way that i can articulate the transition that i am making at the moment mm. um in my life and in my career and mm. um, i cannot you know articulate it in any way because it's not this fixed plan mm-hmm. it's a desire to show up in a certain way to be more creative to you know to be more aligned to my values but it is almost responding to a call, this irresistible living force within me that is demanding that I express myself in a way that today feels authentic for me. So I just wanted to share that because, yeah, yeah. you know, I think we all have it in us. Do, do you relate to that, Paula? Well, first of all, you're learning loads. So way beyond Ye can do, you're... <laughs> Your master's is something we're all learning from. So that's that's incredible. Um, but I do love that, Bernie, because I think you're absolutely right. Um, almost everything that I've read seems to um, explain this concept of the, the loving self, that, that place of refuge. And my favorite word for it actually came from an author by the name of Ken Wilber, um, an incredibly wise man, uh, wrote probably the most beautiful book I've ever read uh, called Grace and Grit. And Ken Wilber is a lifelong meditator, um, although he also confesses to having, you know, lapsed um, from time to time. But he describes that force as the witness. And I really think that that really simplified it for me as well to find that gap in terms of when I'm feeling something and I want the space to take a moment. Um, so, yeah, I really like that concept of, of the safe self. So definitely lots of, of learning. Um, uh, so, yeah. And the other one, I suppose I did want to mention just before we move on from learnings was and it was it was Michael Neal again, who I think, you know, I've, I've you know, credited a lot of um, opportunity, I would say, in my life, which I know I didn't really explain in the episode. So I know you wanted me maybe to mention that. And just for listeners, I suppose, you know, I've talked about little mini miracles from time to time. And one was actually having done his program, which was called Living a Guided Life. 
And I did, you know, practice what he taught, which is step one, attend program. Step two, practice what you learn. <laughs> so I did do this, let's say about four years ago. And, you know, I'd been talking about writing, you know, maybe in this space in self-development, for example. So I did have an inner knowing, but immediately after practicing what he taught me and what I learned, I got the opportunity completely unexpectedly to write professionally, at least about my professional work. So it felt very profound. It felt like it came out of nowhere. And that's what I always feel like is a joy because it feels like the mini miracle. So there's definitely a learning in this whole idea of the path of surrender. So he really reminded me of that, Bernie. And I know you love that concept as well. So yeah, super useful. Yeah, I love that example, Paula. I And when you say surrender, it's it's almost, you know, operating from a place of faith, isn't it? Totally. That if you're showing up in the, you know, in a certain way and, and following your heart and soul, um, as we always used to say, you know, is... <laughs> Start so clapping. Exactly. We considering taking on another client. Totally. <laughs> and, and, you know, that, that, you know, you'll find a flow and that the universe um, uh, flows you know, in response yeah. with opportunity. Exactly. And I, I think I was telling you um, that I had a, a great example of that where um, someone was pointing out to me that um, I wasn't committing. Yes. That I had an issue in terms of certain yeah. areas of work that I wasn't committing. Yeah. And that, you know, we need to, you know, to commit. And if we do, the, the universe responds. And so I decided, yes, absolutely. I actually am going to commit at least for the next, say, six months to this. Yeah. yeah. And lo and behold, the very next day, I got a brilliant opportunity that just came in through my email. Wow. <laughs> and and then subsequently another day or two later as well. Yeah, it, it was yeah. it was incredibly synchronistic. And I think you would call that a mini miracle, Paula. Totally, totally, totally. Brilliant. So we've learned loads, Bernie. Um, let's move on to any low points. Always my least favorite part, but clearly important to acknowledge when we have challenges along the way. Do you want to start and kick us off? What uh, what low points did you have? Um, uh, <laughs> you know, the one what that just I'm happened. Stay here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yes. Um, I've had plenty of tech issues um in the past week or so and this is our second attempted recording of this uh podcast uh, yeah. folks um because we got kicked out of the last one and we've literally just been kicked out again so hopefully uh it yeah. won't sound too um disjointed um but tech issues and that's when in that moment you wish you had an IT department you know to totally. go to and to sort it all out because if there's one thing that drives me demented it is losing an hour or two you know on IT uh yeah. issues uh um, in a day, it just seems like time that you'll never get back. You know? <laughs> and it's the frustration of not and, knowing. Uh, so another yeah. though, oh, yes, exactly, exactly. And being so reliant on technology and Wi-Fi, etc. And uh, I suppose another low was that um, a guest that I really wanted to have on the show said no, um, because she doesn't do media. And I, she's fabulous, and I totally understand that. Yeah. But I would have loved to have um, had had her on the show, and that's part of the podcasting business, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So um. Yes. Uh, that's that's just just a, a mini low, and and then and we were talking about this, Paul, and I think Michael mentioned it as well, and and it's something that we absolutely don't want to do 
through Yay Can Do and this podcast, you know, it's just a concern that the that the self-development and the kind of help industry, yeah. you know, creates an unintended sense of lack or drive to continuous improvement or, or you know, self-betterment, which only serves to perpetuate the sense of, of not being enough, not doing yeah. enough and not, yeah. and not having enough, you know? Yeah. And uh, like, I'd hate to do that because the whole message of uh, yay mm. can do is and embracing our human humanity and 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 you know letting go of unrealistic expectations is is to yeah. cut through all of that and yeah. to say no we're we're, we're just human we're complex yeah. we're messy and that's <laughs> just part of being human and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that but hey you know there's yeah. maybe helpful ways to deal with this that's it but yeah. we're perfect the way we are you know it's not about saying you're not yeah. enough you know it's the Yes. contrary you know yeah it's a very important and, point yeah uh, yeah and can I just can I just uh, give a little quote then of uh just to to, to 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 illustrate that point Paul before I ask you about your lows yeah and um I know you love Seth Godin um Paula and uh, and he sent out an email with a, a lovely little um message which relates to this so I'll, I'll just read it out he sent it out this week you know and it's called and maybe it's enough Mm. To feel sufficient, to be satisfied with what we have. Shizoku in Japanese. Of course, by some measures, there's never enough. We can mm -hmm. always come up with a reason why more is better or better is better or new is better or different is better. Mm. Enough becomes a choice, not a measure of science. The essence of choice is that it belongs to each of us. And if you decide you have enough, then you do. And with that choice, comes a remarkable sort of freedom, the freedom to be still, to become aware and mm. to stop hiding from the living that's yet to be done. Oh, isn't that lovely? It's amazing. The man is a thank genius. You, yes. Thank yeah, you, Seth. That was a good one. Yes. And I certainly wouldn't be podcasting and therefore probably we wouldn't be podcasting Yay Can Do if it wasn't for Seth Godin. He inspired me, convinced me of the power of the human voice in terms of the intimacy it creates, the opportunities for us to speak in a way that we love and um, in a way that we think we can help other people. And I know we help each other. So bless Seth Godin. He is um, a wonderful man. And as I listened to that, actually, like my energy, and I'm sure I'd, I'd love to hear from anyone listening, but for me, I just felt relief, you know, that idea of if you choose, it's enough, it's enough, you know, <laughs> nothing to strive for. So yeah, beautifully articulated. Okay. I only had one low um, and that's, I suppose, the inevitable challenge of, you know, something new that we're doing like this. Um, and I always almost laugh at the idea that I'm the only marketeer in the world that I know of that doesn't use Instagram, for example. <laughs> um, and two people in the last couple of weeks said, I wanted to share your show on Instagram and I couldn't find it. Now, Instagram is one of a hundred things we should be doing and we know. And first of all, want to, you know, reassure everyone, like really we, we appreciate, first of all, even, you know, you guys listening and then wanting to share our stuff. So we are, you know, looking forward to creating all of those things. So just because we're keen to, to have, you know, a great audience, the fact that people are asking for ways to do it and we haven't given them that for me was like, I need to give us, you know, give myself or also, you know, a foot in the end to figure something out. So we will. Um, all in good time. So that's the only low. Yes. Yeah. Again, hard to be perfect. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs>
when you're that busy (laughs) exactly we have the day jobs we do have the day jobs so listen highs bernie what were your highs for yay can do or or in general over the last uh, two or three weeks yeah well i'm still loving creating these podcasts um, uh, tech issues aside and uh, so that's an ongoing high and then uh, if i if i may i'm going to go outside of yay can do and just talk about two 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 people that really inspired me Okay. Recently, and um, that for me represents our yay can do people, you know. Yeah. And the first is uh, Genevieve, and I hope she doesn't mind me talking about her. Um, but Genevieve won um, Player of the Year um, for our team in Avoca. And I promise you, I'll stop talking about Avoca <laughs> after this episode <laughs> because um, my friends in the sailing club. <laughs> I'll be impressed. <laughs> and, uh, but we had a gala ball on last Saturday. And I mean, there was, I think, 200 of us in this beautiful hotel. And it was, this was a, a you know, a, a ball that had been postponed umpteen times um, through COVID lockdowns. And the sense of joy and giddiness and yeah. was, was something else, as, as was the style. Yeah. So those fit people, fit, gorgeous people. And uh, and so there was, you know, also the, the annual award ceremony and, and each team nominates a player of the year. And Genevieve had been nominated by myself, the coach, and uh, our captain, Michelle, um, just for her outstanding contribution to the team. She opted to be goalie for us having never been a goalie before wow. and uh she saved our our butts um um many many a time she works and often works late and still you know unless she was traveling never missed a match mm. um just a huge you know con- contribution to the team and 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 you know contribution on our whatsapp group etc just an amazing amazing person and uh, so she was absolutely shocked and stunned to receive this award and then i think the monday afterwards she sends me a message and goes you know how 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 she still couldn't believe it how proud her husband was of her how proud her boys were of her and she never thought that she would be getting a player of the year award at the age of 67 wow and I didn't even know that she was 67 <laughs> and because she doesn't look it she looks fantastic yeah and I just thought you know I mean that's a what a you know yeah. fantastic woman to be out there you know saving mm. our butt week in week out and it made me look forward to to growing older you know to know that I could potentially do that yeah and um and you know and, and the joie de vivre and the yeah, yeah it's just amazing you know um so well done Genevieve and don't kill me for telling everyone your age <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one was was my aunt Betty and Paula as you know, my aunt Betty, um, unfortunately, had to move to a nursing home um, yeah, a few yeah. months uh, before Christmas, and it's been a you know a difficult transition in the sense of um, accepting you know the loss of independence, and, uh, and yeah. she fought valiantly for many years to, to stay at home and be independent. And she was sick there during the week, and and I went down to see her, and thankfully she's on the mend. And we had a conversation because she in the last, you know, two months 
or six weeks, I've noticed that she sounds so strong. And so when I'm talking to her on the phone, so happy and settled in oh. her nursing home and all credit to the, uh, the wow. team there in Kilkool. And um, and uh, so I talked to her about her and I was asking her what's changed. And she said that uh, my wonderful cousin, Sheila, who's been so great to her, had said to her, Betty, you have to accept that you no longer can take care of yourself physically. She can't, you know, yeah. and she's immobile. Yeah. And Betty said, I, you know, I didn't want to accept that. It was very, very hard to accept that. But in my heart and soul, I knew that she was right. But it took mm. time. Yeah. And it took time. And eventually I realized that this was going to be my home Mm. for the rest of my days Mm. and I better make the most of it. And so I decided to change my attitude. I decided to participate in the activities and to, you know, to to give it a, a good go. And I just thought, wow, you know, the the power of her spirit you yeah. know, her resilience, you know, her adaptability. And she didn't have a self-help book and yeah. she didn't have a coach and yeah. she didn't have a therapist. Yeah. And I just thought, wow, you know, so that really I found inspirational, you know, yeah. um, that change and that almost that growth mindset, you know, in such challenging circumstances, yeah. you know, it's such a pivotal time for her. So that's my high. You know? Beautiful. Yeah. She sounds like an amazing woman. Yeah. I, I would love to meet her. And it proves our point, actually, because I think the whole thing about, you know, you, you can do the reason we have this idea about powering possibility is there's always a perspective you can choose. And first of all, knowing that is the first step. And as you said, I doubt she's listening to our podcast, but she found the space and the power and the strength in herself to choose a possibility, a new possibility. And um, so that's going to bring her so much more joy than if she was fighting it. So well done, Aunt Betty. Beautiful. Um, Two highs for me. Yeah. Um, One was, um, as you know, when I did my interview with Steve Neal, it was based on, you know, what I loved from his work, which was particularly a, a specific hypnosis. And he very generously allowed us to share that beyond, you know, the group that he'd originally given it to me as part of. And what I really loved, it was a real high for me, how many people reached out and asked for it. So that was a a real high that um, it resonated on a level that Steve was generous enough to share it. And it's a very accessible way, I think, for people to go, well, hang on, Paula tried it. She liked it. So I feel like I've helped people in a little way. So I really hope they find it useful. And again, I'm sure they'll be trying lots of different things, but it meant a lot to me to be able to share it. So that was my first one. And my final one then was your lovely uh, guest, Jer, and that beautiful poem, I Will Not Die, An Unlived Life, was utterly beautiful. And I found it on Google. I'm sure I'll find a a use for it at some point again. So whether I memorize it or or use it at some special occasions, I'm not really sure. But I'd heard it before. I just probably hadn't heard it with the the depth of wisdom of somebody like Jer. So definitely a real high. Um, I I wasn't expecting poetry on Ye Can Do. And I love it. So there you go. (laughs) I am finding (laughs) new ways of, you know, finding joy in life, honestly. gateway to the soul. Totally. Totally. So listen, that's our reverse order learnings, lows and highs for this month, Bernie. Was there anything else you wanted to mention today before I kind of wrap up for us? I am enough. I have enough. I do enough. 
Okay. So all I will say for everybody listening is that next week we'll be reviewing our next book, which you chose, Bernie. And I believe it's actually perfect. Um, a challenging book, but incredibly powerful. It's called Man's Search for Meaning, written by Viktor Frankl. And it's his incredible story of experiences in various Nazi concentration camps in World War II. So I think it does seem important as we kind of witness this horrendous invasion of Ukraine. So maybe this beautiful book can help us find some meaning despite that, I suppose, horrendous suffering that we're all kind of witnessing. So definitely do tune in and that's it. So listen, just want to say thank you so much from Ye Can Do.